You are a part of the lucky 10,000 with your hosts, Evan and Emily. Season 2, Astrophysics. Hey, guys. Hi, y'all. You still have something in your teeth. Ugh. And this is the Lucky 10,000, the podcast that gets you luckier than finding out if there is anything guiding this whole universe. <laughs> So, uh, and we are brought to you by Stitcher and Podbean. We want to thank them. The Tangent Bound Network, Bearded Pods Network, featuring not only us, but the Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast, featuring also myself and Teddy and the Baseman. Remember that fundraiser still going for Trevor Furlong and his medical expenses. We want to help them out. We will have a link to the... Uh, to the fundraiser on the on the information page of this episode. Email us, Lucky10,000 at Gmail. Our Twitter, Lucky underscore 10K, and our Facebook group page, Lucky10,000. Now, this is probably the biggest episode we've ever done. Oh, yeah. Because we have talked about the links all season between science and religion. And today is the day that, based on the research we have done, we are going to answer the question, is there a God? Oh, my gosh. So, Emily, do you think there's a God? Uh, uh, maybe. Yeah, you know, I don't think so. Yeah, you don't think? No. Yeah, probably not. All right, so uh, if you want to leave us a five-star review or Stitcher or iTunes, we'll read it on the air, and we'll see you next season on The Lucky 10,000. I hope you got lucky tonight. Bye. Thank you for being a part of The Lucky 10,000. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com. Okay, so obviously that was not the actual subject of the episode. No, no. But the subject of the episode today is might as well have been because it's going to be a little bit of anything and everything because it's like this we is we are God. We are God of our own podcast. We are We're God of charge. our own destiny. So, um, what we have decided to do for the season finale, um, and it'll be our last episode about astrophysics. <laughs> I know is to just kind of, uh, it'll be a grab bag episode. We've got some questions that we've sent to our astrophysics friend, Sarah Lechman. Yes. We've got some interesting articles that we found but have not read that sort of yes. just generally astrophysics. But what I would like to do first is what I like to call an interview. Aww. It's an Emily interview because, um, as I said a couple of times before on this podcast uh you know chris and i were friends for many many years and i really enjoyed you know she guested on an episode of the bearded ones that became the lucky Ten Thousand. i love it because we had such fun talking i was like man i could really do another podcast with this person and it worked well for a while but life came up as it does yeah and i hadn't met you when we started doing the lucky Ten Thousand. Wow! i really i didn't know I was you just at the a time. twinkle in your eye you were and I remember thinking, you know what? I would like to do this podcast again. Who would I in, do I think I would have a good time doing it with? And I swear to God, most people say this. You were literally the third person that popped into my head. The first two said no. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And I said, Ugh, I only know three people. You like scraped 
the bottom really, of really the barrel. Did. I really did. No, you were literally seriously the first person I thought of that I wanted to do a podcast with. And uh, I I was thinking it would take a little bit more convincing than it did. Oh, yeah. No, it was so easy. I just asked you. I was like, hey, uh, in my own way. I was like, so I need to talk to you about something important. And you're oh like, my what? Gosh, you always do this. I know. I can't help it. Do you want to do a podcast? You're like, oh, yeah, okay. We're like, oh, that, that was easy. But you'd never done one before. Right. So what was your experience? How did you feel doing uh, doing a podcast? This was so easy. Yeah. I mean, you did all the editing. Yeah. You had all like the, you know, you put it out there in the social media sure. magical land. I just come in and I chat with you. Yeah. The hardest part was researching yes. all of the stuff I knew nothing about. Yeah. If it were like a podcast about things I were smart with... <laughs> I would be like, this was, I should do this professionally. But you know what? This is the way I try to look at it. Intelligence is simply a measure of how much information you can retain. So it doesn't mean that you're smart because you didn't know certain things. That's ignorance. We fought against ignorance by filling our intelligence with stuff. Tootin'. I like that. Well, I think you've done a phenomenal job. I've heard from other people that have listened to the show, that you've done a phenomenal job. Thanks, Evan. And uh, I, I'm really, really, really happy that you said yes. Mm, <laughs> say yes to the dress. Yes. Uh, even though you're not wearing a dress, you're wearing like a flannel shirt. And, I never wear dresses. And, uh, I've seen you in dresses before. Like you can once. pull it off. Um, but yeah, you've done a fantastic job. Um, I think... Uh, you've done a fantastic job, Evan. Well, I'm very talented. You're a great you like ho- anchor host. You're yeah. great at getting all the edits and everything done. I'm a great anchor baby. All the dumb things that I say, you cut out or leave in. I and, usually uh, prefer leaving them in, let's be honest. And all of the uh, all the magic uploading into the right places, you're so good at that. Well, and I don't know if we should do this at the beginning or the end. Tease next season, maybe, before we get into the grab bag fun. Womp, womp, womp. Because uh, I will admit, some of the research this season was difficult. We both got other stuff going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we... Uh, and it takes time. Even even a, a subject that we already knew some stuff about, you still learn other things. Yeah, like black holes. Yeah, you I don't thought just, I knew. There's yeah, a lot me more. too. You don't want to just come to the podcast and go. I already knew about this, so I didn't do anything. And in every episode, we learned something new about something we thought we knew about. But that takes, and it wasn't like hours and hours and hours of painstaking research. But when you're, we you got a full time job. Yep. You got a full time partner, and when you watch a National Geographic yeah. thing, like at least two times. <laughs> well, I Ooh. I would try. I've never been a great note taker. Uh, that's why I didn't excel in like high school and college. So I would watch the documentaries and make notes, but I was always I was constantly having to rewind well, because they were talking too like, fast oh, for me to so write. Cool. Yeah, that too. And my focus isn't great anyway. That's why I couldn't read articles. I had to watch documentary because it's like got it. lights and like, look at this bright, shiny thing. Well, that was, I think that's why we worked well together too. Actually, yeah. You were able to like get all the video stuff done that I didn't have the patience yeah. to watch and go like, oh, just give it to me in a paragraph yeah. form. And I could read all the paragraph stuff that you were just like, please give me a video. Yeah. So, But it didn't, That the only thing that made it hard was, you know, trying to write something down when you hear somebody say something you think is an interesting fact. And then by the time you finish writing it, they've already moved on to another fact. You're like, I need to know how many zeros was at the end of that 10. I don't 
Oh, never mind. I can tell you how many times my poor daughter had to sit through, the cosmos is defined by blah, blah, blah. The cosmos is defined by blah, the cosmos is defined by blah, blah, blah. <laughs> just like over and over, it. just going back a few seconds, like, what did he say? But um, it was fun, but I think, I may as well go ahead and tease it. Fuck it. Who cares? Let's do it. I think next season is going to be a little bit easier on the research side because it's going to be stuff that most people already know about, but it's fun. It's not that astrophysics wasn't fun, but there's something about something that's so based in math and science that feels like you're back in school. Right. And this is, and every subject next year is going to be different. So I don't even know how many episodes we're going to do next year, but or next season. A million. It's not going to be a whole year from now. Why not? Um, but I want to ask you, the listener, what do Jack the Ripper... Amelia Earhart and the Zodiac Killer all have in common. Someone died? Yes, next season's going to be all about death. I knew it. Um, They're all unsolved mysteries. That was a TV show back in the 90s. So we are going to take next season and just discuss the biggest... And the most interesting to us, Unsolved Mysteries, those are obviously just three of them. There are many, many more. We haven't sat down to talk, sat down to talk about all the mysteries we're going to cover yet. Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, yeah, motherfucker. And, but it's going to be great because I, um, I love that kind of shit and I'm obsessed with that kind of shit. I've already been on my, my Jack the Ripper and Zodiac obsessions for, you know, it's, it's, so much fun to research and to talk about and I never mind refreshing myself with all the pertinent information but they're also something that we already have a basis of knowledge in it's not like dark matter <laughs> right oh gosh <laughs> so I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun so what was your favorite episode from this season Evan honestly pro- well <sighs> the two things that I loved that occurred this season that were both surprises to me are first of all learning all the stuff I didn't know about something already mm-hmm. and then making it flow into an interesting conversation. I think we did that the best, honestly, in the Dark Matter episode. I thought the most recent one. I thought right. that was really... Well, actually, by the time you hear this, the Aliens episode will have come out, which I think was a lot of fun. Yeah. You got an extra episode but for the price of one. Yeah. Um, But the Dark Matter episode, to me, encapsulated like what what I think this season has has been the most fun parts is where we're both having fun with it, but we both like knew next to nothing and we were able to get an hour out of it. Yeah. But my favorite moments are the moments where I get to educate you about pop culture. Oh yeah. Because I didn't know the extent to which you don't know things about the, pop the culture. empty well yeah. that is the vessel yeah. that holds none of my pop culture And this culture is a question I do have for you though, because this is a very interesting thing to me about you. You are a massive star Wars fan. I wouldn't say massive, but You're I would say big. You're I pretty big enjoy Star Wars, Star Wars. And that's the thing. Star Wars is like marijuana for science fiction. It's a gateway drug. Most people get into Star Wars and Star Trek when they're kids, and then that moves them into Blade Runner and Alien and all this other shit. Well, I do, I do not uh, believe your metaphor that is like marijuana in the, the fallacy that marijuana is a gateway drug well, of any kind. I'm, I'm using it in the in the... In the stereotype of what marijuana is. I don't believe right. marijuana is a gateway drug either. I think either. that I, in, in your metaphor, am just a marijuana user who's just like, here I am. Likes marijuana. I'm happy with this level of high. I'm happy with this level of mellow. And well, here then, I am. But you are, it's interesting though to me because that means you're in rarefied air. Most people that love Star Wars 
end up going into other realms of science fiction and fantasy. And you were just like, no, this is my thing. Yeah. Did you, were you ever curious or believe that you were getting into science fiction or was it just something about the Star Wars universe in general that you were like, I like this specific thing for this reason? I enjoy, uh, I enjoy science fiction. Uh huh. So I will like, like stuff like Black Mirror. Oh yeah, I love Black Mirror. Um, you know, 1984 when I needed yeah. to read in school, like things that have to do with the world that we know, mm-hmm. but it's like slightly different mm-hmm. or um, just like how things could be or how things have been, mm-hmm. you know, because Star Wars was a long, long time ago. That's true. But in a galaxy far, far away. But it right. feels very earthy and very because, I mean, obviously we've talked about this. Almost everybody is a human. Yeah. Um, Even though technically they're aliens. <gasps> boo, 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 boo. Um, but uh, but yeah, I've always liked, you know, science fictiony stuff. Um, and like science fiction podcasts and things like that. But I'm, I'm, was not a huge, like, I don't know why Star Trek was not a thing. I think I, I get, just I like, bet got you were bored. never introduced to it because I, Star yeah. Trek actually sounds more down your alley because the whole thing about Star Trek, especially in the, for the original series in the next generation, Gene Roddenberry, the creator, wanted it to be metaphors of the things he saw going on in right. everyday life. But that's not how it was advertised. Right. So you look at it, you go, oh, it's aliens, a spaceship, ugh. But yeah. even the weirder, dumber episodes, because they weren't all great, um, are are at least fun and talk about, to a certain extent, the human condition. Yeah. But I think people, when they originally saw it, they didn't really carry that metaphor. They just said, oh, it's a spaceship, a guy with pointy ears. Well, and- I think I'm going to have to watch Star Wars now. Star Trek, you mean? Damn it. <laughs> Star Trek. See, I can't yeah. even say the name. Click, 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 click. Come back, oh, We please. just lost Never. like the 12 people that were still it's, listening. It's, we're on the 11th episode. It doesn't even matter anymore. But speaking of people that are listening, um, <gasps> a friend of mine recently, you've heard her name a couple of times by now, Sarah Lichman, is an honest-to-God astrophysicist. Champ is sitting behind Evan <laughs> and like literally like had a spasm <laughs> when he did the <laughs> sound. Oh, watch this. He hates it when I hum. I don't know why. Champ like literally just like looked at Evan and and leapt off the chair. He just hummed. It was dumb. But I thought as sort of a, a nice little uh, grab bag uh, uh, season finale episode, we could ask an astrophysicist. Did it did ask an astrophysicist segment? Had, yeah. Had I known of the beginning of the season, we probably we would have done this every episode. Yeah. Well, too late now. Yeah. Unless we just go ahead and say fuck it and do astrophysics again next season, I don't think either of us have the energy for that. Nope. Not that what we've learned isn't fascinating. No, but we've learned it all. We're pros. But still. So, your questions. Okay, your first question. How would you describe relativity to someone who isn't a scientist? And sure answer. Okay, so the general theory of relativity basically explains how mass distorts space-time. Gravity is the consequence of that distortion. The higher the gravitational potential, how far something is from source of gravitation, the faster time passes. So conversely, if there is no mass, space exists but in a void, basically empty. No one can know for sure, but logically, this would mean time would not exist. That's a lot. Yeah. But I like the way she put it. Yeah. It, it makes me, like, it, I, yeah, I always go back to, like, that space blanket that we talk about. 
Yeah. Like there's a, this this sheet that's around there. And yeah. When something has mass, there creates like this little gravity <laughs> but, bubble. But around you know, it, like you know? she knows this shit because she was able to put that in a way that neither of us like the way she said it without using the sheet metaphor. Yeah. Actually, makes perfect sense. It makes connected yeah. with the sheet metaphor. Yeah. I think your metaphor is sheet. Oh. No, sheet. Bed sheet. It's oh, good. okay. Um, your second question, what is the weirdest thing that can happen in space? And I am so glad that she brought this up because I meant to bring this up at least in passing before because I'd heard of this years ago and it fascinated me. Oh, my gosh. I'm but nervous. I never did. Um, you may have already heard of this. I don't know. But um, her response, there is a planet made entirely out of diamonds. What? It's called 55 Cancri, C-A-N-C-R-I dash E, number 55. So, yeah, there's a planet out there that we think is made entirely of diamonds. That's fantastic. We'd be At first you go, oh, my God, diamonds, it'd be amazing. But then if we mined that planet, diamonds would be so, they wouldn't be rare anymore. Well, and, I, so. <laughs> and I think that diamonds aren't even necessarily rare even now. They just are like... We have to get people to buy engagement rings. Right. <laughs> the beers. The beers has yeah, already beers. sent a spaceship to that planet. Yeah. It's like, too bad. Because for some reason, that would be more economically feasible for them. I don't yeah. know why I even thought of that. For <clears throat> use. Your next question. Can we Earthlings harness energy from the sun, not just solar panels? Artificial photosynthesis uses <gasps> chemicals to mimic natural photosynthesis to create biofuels. Oh, shit. Yeah. And now this next question I like because we could change it from ask an astrophysicist to stump an astrophysicist. <gasps> because your next question was, why doesn't the Earth have rings? And oh. her response, I don't know, but I need to find out. Oh, yeah, because I was just like thinking about Saturn. I was like, that's so cool. Saturn has rings around it. Well, but and I guess it's just like the, you know, the rings aren't necessarily like... The rings are just stuff that gets caught in the orbit, right? right? So I guess if the Earth just had a bunch of stuff that got caught in the or the orbit, the orbit, the Earth bit. Well, she does attempt to answer it. Oh, yay. Uh, it, she thinks it has something to do with the gravitational pull of Saturn and the amount of moons it has, mm. which would make sense if you've it got has all this gravitational pull on these moons, because we only have the one. Yeah. So what can there's not a ton of stuff falling off that, or there's not a ton of stuff that it can trap. But if you have a bunch of moons all around your planet... It'd be easier to trap shit. That's okay. just my guess. And your final question for the astrophysicist, is space a vacuum if there is dark matter and energy out there? Her answer, six, since dark matter actually contains particles, weak particles, it still has mass and energy. Okay. So that means that space isn't a vacuum? I think that means that space is a vacuum, with but, stuff in it. Uh, but because the uh, weak particles, uh, you maybe I'll ask her to explain that one a little bit more next well, time. <laughs> no, maybe it's just because I don't have a good brain for these things. Um, I don't but, either. But yes, yeah, so she's saying that dark matter has mass. Yes, and energy. Right. But maybe it doesn't have enough to be affected by the vacuum. See, the thing, the dark matter is still super stumpy to my brain because yeah, no, I'm like, too. oh, yeah, we can't see it. We can't observe it. Right. But we know it's there. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's like I can't in you can't envision it. Right. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that blob of nothing. Like, we don't right. know what nothing is. It's like, uh, so it's yeah. 
Um, I had a couple of questions for her to piggyback on yours. Good. Um, I asked her, what do you think the most fascinating thing about the universe is that most people know nothing about? And her answer, asteroids come close to Earth all the time, <gasps> and some are capable of destroying large regions. Not Ooh. so much fascinating, but terrifying. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know we get pelted with them all the time. Yeah. And obviously one was big enough to exterminate, you know, an the entire dinos. race of creatures. Um, and then my last question for her, and after this, I would like to just, for us to both give her a big shout out to thank you for dealing with us. Uh, I ask her, what do you think is the biggest astrophysical uh, mystery? <gasps> uh, and she said black holes. We will That's never, amazing. She says we will never be close enough to one to gather enough data about them. So, oh, no. Yeah, probably not in our lifetime the anyway. The never is so sad. More than probably. Not in our lifetime. Oh, man. Uh, but I would like to uh, thank Sarah for dealing with us and for thank you, uh, Sarah. Uh, being an astrophysicist and keep going because she's not graduated from college yet, but I think she's going to be great because she already could, knows so much about it and and is so uh, passionate about it that I think that's really cool. I love it. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And if you're enjoying listening to The Lucky 10,000, then come on over to a podcast where nobody's ever getting lucky, ever. Here on The Lucky 10,000, you're here to learn, but with the bearded ones, we're here to make you laugh. And and maybe you'll learn something while you're laughing. Yeah, learn something like about Batman. <laughs> I mean, for we were on a stint of Matlock for a while. I, it was funny to me. Not the, hey, I mean, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you sell it. Come anything. on over and listen to the Bearded One podcast, I guess. I yeah, mean, I, I like it. I'd be a shit salesman. <laughs> um, Come buy this car. I mean, I drove it once. You, yeah, probably, you probably wouldn't like yeah, it. You don't want to, <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Fuck this. Don't listen to Bearded One. <laughs> Come on, check us out. Bearded One's comedy podcast on the Bearded Pods Network. I knew that. I didn't know that. Well, that's why we're here, listening to The Lucky 10,000. You learn something new with every episode. And while you're here at the Bearded Pods Network, you might want to come and give us some pod love. We're Teddy and the Bassman. We cover all sorts of subjects, speak with tons of interesting guests, and entertain you with a melange of vintage commercials and jingles, and a whole plethora of eclectic music. You might even learn something from us as well. It'll probably be about bondage, but... Teddy and the Baseman. So, on piggybacking on that, what, during the whole season, Emily, did you, was your biggest... What was the thing that you felt like you learned the most about that you knew the least about? Oh, my gosh. Um, it's a tie for me. I think that the Cosmic Rays episode, yeah. I was like, I literally had never heard of yeah. a Cosmic Rays. And I was like, oh, yeah, those are a thing. Yeah. Let's do this. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, there was just so much there to was kind a ton. of talk about. There was so much more than I thought there was going to be. So that was cool. What was your favorite episode of the season? Uh, that's See, that's also hard. I think I really enjoyed... The Big Bang Theory episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only because I could do so much research on Sheldon and his friends. That's true. You learned a lot that in was, that one. Like, and you taught a lot. In yeah, that, that was a, like too much. That was a joke too far. Too much but, information. But never no, heard. I liked that joke because you committed. It wasn't just a, 
ha ha ha. Yeah, like no, it was like you were really like no, fuck it. That's why you're good at improv. We're going all the way. You committed to the bit and you played it straight. Per use. Per use. Um, but yeah, I I think probably the cosmic rays I learned the most about. I enjoyed doing the Big Bang Theory episode. And yeah, there was just like, I feel like there was just something in every episode that I was just like, Absolutely. I learned so much. And what I love about what we did this season is, you know, because usually in both my podcasts, I'll listen to the episodes at least once, sometimes twice. And then if I really, really like them, I'll go back and listen to them again later just you. for a chuckle. Like as far as Lucky 10,000 goes, we did a Star Wars versus Star Trek episode that was really fun. And mm. we did a, uh, you know, we did a crossover with Teddy and the Baseman and we played a bunch of like parlor games and board games and oh, stuff. And it was, it was a lot of fun. We did like Cards Against Humanity in one of them. And then we did this one called Wise and Otherwise, which I'd never heard of before. That was a lot of fun. And so it was a lot of fun and it was really funny and, and great. So I listened to those a lot. But, like, the great thing about this season is I know that I've learned something in every episode, but I can't remember everything that I learned. So it gives me an excuse other than just narcissism to, to listen, listen to the whole season again and again and again, which is exactly what you should do if you're listening. Agreed. Now, you have some general uh, uh, astro. I do. I do have some, like. Physical stuff. Yeah, they were basically just, like. Space facts. Space facts. Like, uh, that's this is the segment called Space Facts. Space Facts. Then we do jazz um, hands. And it's also um, space, and it's spelled F-A-X. Could we call it Space Pants? Space Pants Facts. Space Pants. Oh, yeah, that's that weird thing. But, yeah, I just have, like, maybe ten. Let's do it. Two, three, four, five, six. Wait, counting is hard. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Literally, like ten things. Excellent. About space facts. Space facts. Are these just things that I ran across, and I was just like, these are flipping cool. Okay, the sun's core mm -hmm. releases the equivalent of one hundred billion nuclear bombs every second. Holy shit! So does yeah. my large intestine. After a spicy meal. That's <laughs> horrible. Um, that's so gross. Uh, yeah. More about the sun. Mm -hmm. More solar energy reaches Earth's surface in an hour and a half than we used in all of 2001. Wow. So literally. Why we, 2001? They, they, it was just like a fact that okay. like, they didn't want other facts. Why 2001? It must have just been like, hey, we're starting to do this like nuclear, yeah. this like <laughs> solar powered thing. Uh, but they were just like, the year 2001, we used like less than an hour and a half of the sun's energy. Wow. That's Isn't that crazy. Horrible? Um, okay. More about the sun. It takes the average photon 170,000 years to travel from the sun's core to the surface. Of the sun? Of the sun. Holy shit. It takes that same photon eight minutes to travel from the sun's surface to the Earth. I wonder why that is. You would think if it's being spat out by all this nuclear energy. Well, I guess it's just the mass of the sun is I so think ridiculous. the sun is, yeah, that's exactly it. It's so massive So the and photons dense. that reach us in sunlight have yeah. actually existed for 170,000 years yeah. and eight minutes. <laughs> and eight minutes, yes. Wow. Isn't that absurd? That's crazy. Yeah, this is why these things, I was like, this is cool. Mm -hmm. um, okay, acti, acti facts. Mm -hmm. The moons of Uranus or Uranus mm -hmm. 
are named after literary characters. Which ones? Okay, so there's a poem by Alexander Pope in which the moons Ariel, Umbriel, and Belinda are named after. It's Aww. called. There's a poem called The Rape of the Lock, which I haven't read. It might be great. I don't know. I mean, Alexander Pope was pretty cool. I wrote a paper about him. There's one time. I certainly wouldn't want to be Nessie in that situation. <laughs> uh, no, it's L O C K, not L O C H. Oh. But close. And then. Is that how you open locked doors? <laughs> okay, well, here's the real good part. Then the other ones are from plays by William Shakespeare. Ooh. Like all of the moons, except for like Belinda and, uh, and Umbriel. I'm probably going to regret this. What? Give me the names, and I'll see if I can remember the plays. Okay, should I, if there are multiple characters in a play, yeah. should I give you all like three of the names? Or should just, I just let give me you... know that they could that, that they're not just like one from one play. How many moons does Pluto does Uranus, Uranus, Uranus have? Uranus has uh, it's like twenty two or something. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's that's a lot. an interesting fact in itself. Twenty two moons. Like a flipping ton of moons. Let me think. One, two, three, four, five, six. Set, counting again. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. Holy shit. Lied. 26. Wow. So, okay. Here we go. Yes. Titania. That's Midsummer Night's Dream. Oberon. Midsummer Night's Dream. Puck. Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay, do you want me to do things like that? Like, if they're from the same play to just... Li- you, no, you just list I'll them however you would I'll feel like I'll mix them up. Okay, here we go. Uh, Ariel. Weekend at Bernie's. No. No, that's The Tempest. Yeah. Cordelia. Cordelia is, oh, I know this one. This is tricky. Cordelia is. I don't think I would have. This, Othello? You, no, but close, because it's a dude who's grumpy at women. Oh, oh uh, 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 Taming of the Shrew? No. There, uh, there's also a, there's also this <laughs> other play. There's a guy uh, who's mad at his, his daughters, <laughs> and uh, there are three daughters. And oh, three daughters. Um, he's an old. Let's do dude. about nothing. He's an old man, uh, and his daughters <laughs> are, are jerks, except for one who's really sweet, and her and name's not Cordelia. Oh, as you like it? Nope. And oh, Cordelia's fuck. like, "Hey, Dad, I'm going to tell you the truth, even though my sisters hate you." And he's like, "I'm going to go out into the wilderness and live by myself, oh. and I'm going to let the wind blow in my face." And then the daughters are the other two daughters, Reagan and Goneril, are like, "Come stay at our house, Dad." Oh, Reagan and Goneril. And then they're just like, he's like, "Well, <sighs> screw you guys, I hate you too." And then his like fool is just like, "Hey, King, you got to like calm your butt down." I can't, I'm, I'm completely blanking. King Lear. Oh. <laughs> Motherfucker. I love it. Okay, Ophelia. Uh, uh, that's that's Hamlet. Nailed it. Uh, Bianca. Uh, Bianca is that that's Taming of the Shrew. Nailed it. Uh, Caliban. That's the Tempest. And uh, Prospero. That's the Tempest. Nailed it. Uh, okay. How about Portia? Portia is as you like it. I think. Yeah, you could do a couple of them. They say merchant. Yeah, I was gonna say. There's there's, there's a a Portia in there. Uh, Rosalind. Rosalind is measure for measure. It. They say as you like it, but I would also take Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah, as you okay okay. (laughs) Go figure. Uh, This one you'll never get. Margaret. (laughs) Margaret. Maggie. Um, (laughs) Madge. Marge. Uh, the Simpsons. Um, it is. <sighs> I wouldn't know this. I'm gonna take a wild guess. Do um, it. Titus Andronicus. 
close not at all uh much ado about nothing oh okay go figure um cupid you're never gonna get this character yeah apparently i've never read this play is it uh yeah i don't know what is it timon of athens oh I've heard Timon of Athens. No, it's Timon and Pumbaa of Athens. It's Timon and Pumbaa of Athens. <laughs> Hakuna Matata. Yes. Um, okay. Miranda. Miranda is uh, uh, the Tempest. Nailed it. Uh, okay, here we go. Cressida. Troilus and Cressida. Nailed it. Desdemona. That's Othello. Nailed it. Uh, Juliet. Um, that would be Weekend at Bernie's. Nailed it. Uh, no, that's Romeo and Juliet. Uh, and also in Romeo and Juliet, I'm going to give this to you because I d- wouldn't have thought about this. They named a moon Mab. And oh, Queen Mab. As from... in Queen Mab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Romeo and Juliet. I, I see yeah. Queen Mab hath been with you. A moon? <laughs> that's a butt. Uh, Setaboss. Setaboss. And Setaboss and Sycorax are from the same play. Setaboss and Sycorax. You've already said it. I'm going to say, oh, I have. Um, uh, the Tempest? Nailed it. Oh, cool. And then we've got a couple I more. I don't remember those characters. They must be the ones that are like, the first to be cut. I think Sycorax is like a, a, a witchy queen that they refer to. That oh, was like in, oh. In, in references to. Okay, and then I think okay. Setaboss is probably like some other jerk. Yeah. Uh, in that same vein, Ferdinand. Ferdinand uh, Tempest. Yeah. Uh, and then they have Perdita, which Perdita. I don't know that I would have known this. <laughs> Sounds like Pongo a character and on Perdita. Martin. I'm Perdita. Mm. Um, Perdita. Is it? I'm assuming it's a lesser known play. It is. Uh, it's like a kind of. A, it's a weird one. Let's. I don't remember. Do to, okay, so there's like a king who's really jealous of his of his wife yeah. because she's like hanging out with his best friend, okay. and he's like, "You know what? I'm banishing you." And she's like, "But I'm pregnant with your kid." And he's like, "I don't care. Is That's it even for my measure? kid?" What? That's measure for measure. No. What and then it? he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you out. You're my wife, and your name is Hermione, and I'm gonna say bye, girl." And she's like, "Okay." And then she has her baby, and she's like, "You gotta get the baby out of here. My husband's insane, and he hates me, and I gotta get him out." And so the little baby goes away, and then the baby like gets raised by people from Henry Five. No, it's oh, the, it's the Winter's Tale. Oh shit! I've seen a production of that, okay. and I didn't remember that's what happened. And then these last three: Stefano, Trinculo, and Francisco. Oh, that's that's Tempest again. Nailed it. Yeah. There's so many from the Tempest. Oh, uh, Tempest is a good play. Well, that was a fun and very that difficult thing, but that was a lot of those things. Here we go. Yeah. A new star is born in our galaxy about every 18 days. And she's named Bette Midler. A star is born. Isn't that weird? Every 18 days? Yeah. New star. It's crazy. Yeah. A space vehicle has to move at 17 miles per second to escape the Earth's gravitational pull. Wow, that's crazy. Saturn would float in water. <gasps> if we had an ocean the size of Saturn, Why? Saturn would float in it. Why? Because it's all gaseous. Oh. And like that's the only, like the, yeah, the gravity holding the gases together. Maybe that's another reason it has rings. Maybe. It's probably why. Weird. Another sun fact I forgot to mention. Yeah. The sun accounts for 99.86% of the mass of our entire solar system. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, especially think of how long it took that photon to get through it. The sun's a big old star. It's, it's massive. It's fatty. Jupiter is two and a half times bigger than all the other solar system planets combined. Holy shit. I didn't know it was that big. Jupiter's huge. Why don't we send in something there? It's got to be a lot to explore. We're doing it. Okay. And then real quick, NASA's Hubble, this is kind of ties into 
uh, last week's episode, mm-hmm. but NASA's Hubble Space Telescope is looking at seven Earth-sized planets. This yeah. is like a recent article I just found. Seven Earth-sized planets in the TRAPPIST-1 system, which are 40 light years away, which Ooh. from last episode we know that like that's a nice, you know, 30 yeah, is yeah. kind of where we're looking at. They're orbiting a cool red dwarf star. Uh, they do not have rich, puffy hydrogen atmospheres that are found in the gas giants, so hopefully that means they are rocky and inhabitable, and two of them are in the Goldilocks zones, and so those two may have 250 times more water on them than Earth. That's awesome. They like were looking at the atmospheres, and you're just like, I think this has a lot of water on it. That's amazing. So, we're closer to aliens. Okay, that's all I have. Those are my space facts. That's amazing, though. Space facts with Emily. Space facts. Um, that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. That was very interesting. Thank See, you. even in episodes where we haven't done that much research, you still learn something. Um, this I thought was interesting, and I sent you this as soon as I saw it. And we said, let's talk about it in the last episode. This is an article from ispacia.com. Okay. NASA astronaut who spent a year in space now has different DNA than his twin. Oh, yeah, I saw I saw that. Yeah. So the article goes like this. Traveling into the sp- into the space. Okay, already this I trust article it. loses me. I trust it. <laughs> Traveling into the space is dangerous for a lot of very obvious reasons. Traveling off of Earth on a rocket has its risks, after all. But even when everything, according to the plan, well, it's... It- Evan. <sighs> Evan, you you did a bad thing. Well, it seems that a brief stay in space has the potential to alter a person's very DNA. That's the takeaway from a long-term NASA study that used astronaut Scott Kelly and his twin brother Mark. I wonder what his last name is. Why didn't they say that? Yeah, come on. As guinea pigs to see how living in space can affect the most basic building blocks of life. Scott Kelly has spent over 500 days in space overall, but a huge chunk of that came with a single mission, which had him stay aboard the International Space Station for 342 days. His brother Mark, who is a retired astronaut, is his identical twin and has the same DNA. Still no last name for his brother. Yeah. I'm starting to doubt the source of this article. Yeah, that's weird. This provided a never-before-possible opportunity for NASA to study how long-term space Space travel affects the human body and the genes that make us who we are. As it turns out, space really does change us. And upon Scott's and upon Scott's return to Earth, it was discovered that his DNA has significantly changed. Scott's telomeres, end caps of chromosomes that shorten as one ages, actually became significantly longer in space. NASA explains. Uh-huh. While this finding was presented in 2017, the team verified this unexpected change with multiple essays and genomics testing. Additionally, a new finding is that the majority of those telomeres shortened within two days of Scott's return to Earth. Most of Scott's genes did indeed return to normal after a brief time back here on Earth, but not all of them. According to researchers, around 70 percent, excuse me, 7 percent. I wanted Scott, to be 70 percent. I was like, that's 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 a lot more than a little of Scott's Kelly's genes have shown long lasting changes when compared to his brothers. Those changes have remained for the two years since he returned to solid ground, which surprised even him. I did read in a newspaper the other day that 7% of my DNA had changed permanently. Why is he getting that out of a yeah, newspaper? Yeah, I was going to say the doctor should be like, hey, we just wanted you to be the first to know your genes are messed up, I don't know, forever. Next thing you know, NASA's going to fire him via Twitter. Oh uh, my Kelly God. said in a recent interview, Horrible. and I'm reading that, I'm like, huh. Well, that's weird. See, this is the kind of people that are astronauts. Like, they're people that can handle shit. It's like yeah. 7% of your DNA is different, and his, and his response is, oh, that's a little weird. Huh. Whereas a normal person would be like, ah! See, I think I'm more in that camp where I'd be like, oh, okay. 
But does that mean I'm going to explode? But I also think that like. I would be freaked out by it probably at least a little bit. Like, changed as in how? Am I about to grow a tail? Am I about to lose an eye? What are you talking about? But this guy's just like, hey, I've been in space, motherfucker. Nothing can faze me. The twin study was a preliminary step in the lead-up to an eventual long-haul manned mission to Mars. NASA has some vague plans in place for such a mission and is currently working on the technology to actually make that happen, but the human element cannot be overlooked. A Mars mission would last as long as three years, which would obviously be the longest stretch that any human has been away from Earth. Can the human body handle such a journey? We might not have to wait very long to find out, as some are expecting the first manned Mars trip to happen as soon as the 2030s. Oh my gosh. Bum, bum, bum. That's going to so, be great. I wish they would have been a little bit more specific about exactly what did change. Yeah. Well, maybe they can't because of, like, privacy stuff. Maybe. They're like, we can't tell you that this kind of thing, that this chromosome or whatever. This, this whole family's like, did you always have a second head on your neck? Oh, my gosh. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, it's always been a... Yeah, whatever. But that was, uh, that was really interesting that they were able to actually see the effect that, that living in space has. Yeah. And I'm sure, I doubt he feels it physically, but the funny thing is, they look, when you see pictures of the twins, they look, you know, slightly different. Twinish. Most twins do have some differences, and I always wondered when I read this article, is that because of his time in space or not? Like, when you look at these guys, it's like they pretty much are exactly the same, except, A, one of them has a mustache. <gasps> is that the 7%? That's the evil brother. <laughs> That's the e- That is right. That's the callback to the first episode. Good on <laughs> ah. you. That is the evil. Oh, my God. What if they aren't brothers? What if he is this evil twin from another evil, universe? Yeah, he came back on a spaceship and was like, sorry. But then the one without the mustache is bigger and looks a little older to me. Like, look at him. Well, that's because, like, the twin study will say he was out in the spaceship and he was going faster, and so he aged less. Than and his space brother. can grow hair. So now Rogaine will put space. Rogaine in space, space, space. It'll actually get space and put it into a bottle and sell it. Correct. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really, really cool. I think that, that is really cool. To, to study that. The next article that I found just randomly. Yeah, Champ's going nuts right I now. I love Champ. This one is pretty interesting. I haven't read these, so we're all we're. This could be bullshit. Cold, I don't cold know. Reads. Cold uh, reads. Cold reading. This is from tetribe.net. That's t-e-t-r-i-b-e.net. Scientists say we can sneak into parallel universes through our dreams. Okay, this seems silly. <laughs> this seems silly and very silly. Well, let's find out together okay. how silly it I'm, is. I'm I'm ready for to to debunk everything that is hey, going you know to what? be said. A true scientist is skeptical about everything. Yeah. For yeah, thousands I'm of years, scientist. people have wondered about the meaning of dreams. Why do some people dream about future events? Why are some dreams full of hidden meaning? Can some of our dreams be glimpses of events taking place in an alternate reality, a parallel universe? You're right, Emily. We should be skeptical. I'm sold, though. I think all the evidence oh is gosh. there. I think we visit parallel universes every night. Every our, night in my Our dreams. ancestors were as curious about dreams as modern scientists are today. Ancient Greeks and Romans believed dreams provided messages from the gods. In ancient China, people treated dreams as a way to visit the world of the dead. Ancient Egyptians were, cover- were convinced that those who could interpret dreams possessed special powers. Many Native American tribes and Mexican civilizations believed dreams were a different world we visit when we sleep. The word dream comes from an old word in English that means joy and music. Today we know the dream. I really hope this isn't just a maybe with absolutely nothing to it's, back it up. It will. It will be. That's I what it sounds like I it's turning into. It. 
Today, we know that dreams are often expressions of thoughts, feelings, and events that pass through our minds while we're sleeping. Dreams can be in color and, okay, blah, 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 I get it. Over the years, scientists have learned a lot about dreams, but there are still many things that remain unknown. We will elaborate more on the subject and raise the idea that some of our most mysterious and special dreams could be glimpses from invisible parallel worlds that exist next to our own reality. Now, before we get into this more, as we discovered in our discussion of parallel universes, I'm just being devil's advocate here. I cannot wait. That there is a form of belief in parallel universes that it exists in the exact same plane of existence that we do. There's another you and another me sitting right here where this you and this me are doing right. the exactly the same thing or maybe a slightly different version of this same thing. Yeah. Why not when we sleep could these signals from this other universe get mixed in to our own brainwaves? I mean, I guess it could happen, but you have to believe that you have to act under the impression that it's true that there is another Evan and there is another Emily sitting here having a conversation. Right. Like you have to assume that that is true. But like, yeah, if that's true, then a lot of things are possible. But right. I don't know how we prove the first thing is true. Well, that's the problem. Um, they, they do go on a rant of just talking about the multiverse theory. This could be just an excuse to teach people about the multiverse theory. I love this. It might be. Just clickbait. Uh, and the borderline between physics and metaphysics is defined by whether a theory is experimentally testable, not by whether it is weird or involves unobservable entities. It is Frontiers weird. of physics have gradually expanded to incorporate ever more abstract and once metaphysical concepts such as round earth, invisible electromagnetic fields, time slowdown at high speeds, quantum superpositions, curved space and black holes, blah, 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 blah. Da, 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 da. Uh, people often have a recurring dream about a place they never visited or even heard of. Mm -hmm. Perhaps such dreams. Yeah, this sounds completely just. I love uh, this. Maybe. I <laughs> love this. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's pretty much all it is. It's like, what if? I don't think oh there's an actual gosh, scientist going, I love going, it. We have evidence What is now. the website it's from? Oh. Please be it. Be like, um, okay, it's <laughs> going to be uh, mul multipleuniversedreams.com. Yeah. Like the, no, what's it from? Run by Leary Busker. Show me where, where, where. Who has I... no scientific background whatsoever, but wishes to believe. Larry? <laughs> I have. Uh, he's a big conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Uh, it's from tetribe.net. T e t r i b e dot net. Nope, I don't trust it. Let's let's visit tetribe.net and see what the other articles are. Can space enlarge your penis? Okay, this is probably bullshit. No, I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. The true meaning of non-attachment and how it sets you free. Understanding soul contracts. How long oh, each Jesus zodiac Christ. sign would survive a horror movie rank? Listen to this. Understanding soul contracts. Agreements we made before coming to Earth. This is what I'm talking about, Evan. <laughs> this is why you need to do your research. Well, I we just should have done be... an episode about how we do research on the show, so that way I could tear your research. Two shreds. The one thing you should never say to your partner based on their zodiac sign. Yeah. Uh, what what sign are you? I'm a Libra. You're a Libra. Uh, what sign is your partner? I don't know. <laughs> should I know that? When's his birthday? I don't know. Uh, yeah. You wait, do. I do. I do. I do. It's uh September. I'm not looking in my calendar right now. <laughs> I am God, not I hope he doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> oh, he's going to listen to this episode. I'm scrolling. September 9th. Okay, so he's a Virgo. There we go. I knew that. Virgo. What you should never say to a Virgo. Okay. And this is fucking science. People have researched this. Yeah, Ted Tribe. Astrology is for real. 
Okay. Uh, my horoscope is always right. I knew it. Um, I don't care what your opinion is. I know. Never say it to a Virgo. I don't care what your opinion is. Yeah. Never yeah. say that to a Virgo. I, I don't think you should say that maybe to anyone. <laughs> like, that's just mean. I don't care what your I opinion mean, is. That is kind of a general, like... Like, don't, you shouldn't say that. I know, based on your sign, people shouldn't say fuck you to you. I agree with that. Yeah, don't say, uh, don't say don't I say hate your guts. Don't say I'm going to kill your children. Yeah, don't... Don't ever say that to a Leo. Don't say I'm going to poop on you <laughs> to a Capricorn. Now, what were you again? I'm a Libra. You're a Libra. Libre. What should you never say to me, Evan? I'll find out. Hurry up and make a choice. I should never say that to you. I Again, I think that's just, I mean, that's kind of a mean thing to say. Like, if you're waiting <laughs> on someone. It is like, funny how, like, 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 hey, let me check. Are you a Libra? And you're like, I oh, might, yeah. I might I'm... actually bring this to the bearded ones because n- listen to the phrases that they say are supposed to be offensive amazing. to only one sign. Wait for me. That's not so bad. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. I have an eye on you. No I one wants to hear that. I have an eye on you. Just hush up. Just hush up. Okay, no. Put yourself outside of your comfort zone. It's not insulting. That's but not insulting. People would like you better if. this is silly. I don't care what your opinion is. Hurry up and make a choice. Lighten up. Yeah, you need to bring this to the bearded. Ones. I have a really terrible life. Like, what's the fucking? I have a really terrible life. You should probably just not say that. Why do you act that way? Why do you act that way? Who wants to hear? Why do you act that way? I'm an Aquarius, and uh, I, uh, I I'm I'm very above uh, yeah. normal human emotion. So the thing that gets said to me that really sets me off, it's not something that most people that would offend most people because of how advanced we are yeah. mentally. Be so uh, don't ever say that's a stupid idea to me. It's very advanced. Is I know that other people literally what be they say? What oh my gosh, say. don't say to an Aquarius that is a stupid idea. Again. <laughs> don't say to a Pisces, I heard something about you. Oh my god, this no is No one wants to hear any of these things. That's so good. <laughs> that oh, is, is funny. So I'm I'm starting right. to, to I'm starting to get that that article was complete and utter so bullshit. So dreams are not linking us to another universe. But we don't know that. They might be, but just like I might, you know, be sitting in a bowl of jelly yeah. in another universe, I can't prove it. And that's great that I'm sitting in a bowl of jelly. Just like in another universe, I was hanging out with Louis C.K. and he had a heart attack. Is it because like it was a self-induced heart attack because he was just like masturbating in front of people who didn't want to see his stuff? He didn't want to masturbate in front of me for some reason. Oh, that's weird. I took it personally. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I had a dream quite recently that for some reason sticks with me where I was going to bring it to the bearded ones. I probably still am because there was a connection. But um, yeah, he just had a heart attack and I tried to help him and the ambulance couldn't find me. And I was just like, yeah, that's me in a parallel universe. Just hanging out with Louis C.K. Probably. He has a heart attack. And the ambulance can't find us, but he's okay. Yeah, maybe in the other in the other parallel universes, he's not a, a, a sexual assaulting. Person. The sad thing is, nice. in most, if this is true, in most other parallel universes, I'm still not getting laid. Because oh. I can't tell you how many dreams I've had where I, I even get rejected in the dream. Oh, Evan. Did I ever tell you about my Spider-Man dream? No. Oh, it is such, like, it is the perfect dream for me. Hashtag looking for the one. Well, okay, in this dream, I was not trying to bone Spider-Man, but okay. it is, to me, a dream that perfectly encapsulates my own insecurities, because the dream starts, and I look down on my hands, and I realize I'm Spider-Man, and that's Amazing. fucking awesome. That's like, oh my God, I'm Spider-Man. That is cool. 
And, uh, you know, most people, when they have superhero dreams, that means they're like, can fly through the air or beat people up, every wish fulfillment they have. Okay. So all of, and I'm in this empty field, and then all of a sudden, this building appears and it's on fire. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, all these people are around me, and they're like, go save the people in that building, Spider Man. And I'm like, yeah, citizens. And I go to whip my webs. No. And nothing happens. Oh. And then they look down at my, at my suit, and I see, like, you know how those really cheap Halloween gloves just kind of lay on your skin? Like, yeah. you can see the, the seams and everything. It's this cheap, shitty plastic rubber no. glove. And uh, everyone around me goes, wait a minute. You're, You're not, not Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And then oh I woke up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Couldn't even be a superhero Evan. in my own goddamn dreams. Oh. But I do have a dream, Emily. What? I have a dream that one day women and men will come together to make a podcast Are you being MLK right now? No, I'm being ELK. I'm being an elk. <laughs> That's what I'm being. <laughs> um, so we are coming to the end of the episode, unless there's anything else you wanted to bring I up. I have literally nothing else to say, Evan. Uh, but it's been a blast. I'm so glad you said yes. This has been so much fun. Thanks, and Evan. I really, really hope you can still do next season. Me too. I mean, who knows what will happen, but I know that there's no one else I want to be my co-host on this podcast but Here's you and anyone else that will say yes. Um but I also think it's important because uh, I, we haven't done a lot of getting to know you stuff on this podcast because this podcast hasn't been about us. Yeah. But um, you're a very smart person. So are you. You're funny. So are you. You don't mind. You don't worry too much about about what you say. You don't overthink things a ton. Oh. As far as the subject matter is concerned. Okay. Um, you got a really nice radio voice. <gasps> Thanks, Evan. Whenever okay, I answer I the phone back. at work, <laughs> thank you, Evan. I think I do, oh too. No, every, so at work all the time, I answer the phone. I'm like, Southern Press Juicery, this is Emily. How may I assist you? One. And people are like, oh, I thought this was a recording. I'm like, yeah. sorry, it's not. I'm real. <laughs> what can I get you? For fans of this show, I want you to go ahead and give them like a voicemail message that they could use, that they can like take oh. from this episode and use as their... As their as like a voicemail message or a ringtone or something oh, great. like that. Okay. Uh, you've called a fan of the Lucky 10,000. They can't come to the phone right now, but please leave a message and they'll call you back as soon as possible. Thank you. Now do one where you're their ringtone. Your phone is ringing. Someone is trying to call you. Please pick up. This is important. Or maybe not. <laughs> nice. If you want to use those as your ringtones, take them. Clip please. it. Um, did you hear about... Oh, what's the... Is it Alexa or Lexi or something oh, like that? Alexa. Oh, Alexa. Have you heard about her laughing? People are, like, Alexa just starts laughing at people. Yeah. It's messed up. It's kind of creepy. I like it. And we could do a whole other series in artificial intelligence. Too Maybe much. Maybe one day. But anyway, um, once again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Emily, for doing it. Thank you, Evan. Really and thank you, really did a great everyone. job. And uh, this has been a ton of fun. I don't think our brains can handle any more astrophysics. I know that we're both busy enough also where a nice little break is due. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. But we'll be back maybe in a couple in, of months. Yeah, in a couple of months or so. Yeah. We'll be back. Months, something like we'll that. be back at it. Yeah. And we'll have even more interesting <laughs> things to talk about. Uh, hopefully, we'll even get a new theme song to fit the, that will not be it, Aww, to fit the tone. That was my audition. But, um... 
The one thing that did disappoint me this season is uh, no five-star reviews that we can read on Come the on, air. Come on, five-star reviews. So if you would like to do that, we will cobble together all the reviews we get on our time off and read them first episode of the next season, season three of The Lucky 10,000. It'll be great. But until then, uh, I think that's everything you can say about astrophysics. There's certainly nothing else that 11 episodes of a podcast can't cover. Um and I think my Pulitzer is on its way. It I think is. yours, they said, might take a day or two longer I'm gonna than I'm going to be thought. there in person to pick it up. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad you worked that out with them. I think it's, yeah, it's a Pulitzer and a Nobel Prize. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. It's both. Yeah. I'm getting a Razzie. I don't know how that works. It's weird. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Emily, for doing the show. And we'll see you next season. I hope you got lucky tonight. I do love E.T. Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com.